Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. In this episode, we will be talking about a hell of a drug, scientifically known as D-lysergic acid diethylamide, a name nobody uses, so it's more commonly known as LSD or acid, but LSD is the chemical compound itself. Unfortunately, not all drugs sold as LSD or acid contain the pure LSD compound. The first time LSD was synthesized was in November of 1938. A bunch of Swiss scientists were searching for something that would assist them in creating a drug to help with breathing. Five years later, Albert Hoffman, one of the scientists, revisited the drug and discovered the psychedelic properties of it, which he found completely by accident. He was working with LSD at the time and got a bit on his hand. He had no idea that LSD absorbed through the skin. The results were shocking to say the least. He described visions, colours, patterns and objects projected on his eyelids. This was the first time anyone hallucinated while on LSD. The Swiss chemist was one of the first people to synthesise and name the psychedelic mushroom compounds psilocybin and psilocin. LSD gets part of its name because it's created from lysergic acid, which is a substance found in ergo, a fungus that grows on rye and other grains. Psychedelics can induce an altered state, some say a dreamlike state which can last up to hours depending on the kind of psychedelic you are taking. They have been used by indigenous people for thousands of years. In the 1950s and 60s, groups of researchers and scientists noticed that many indigenous people use psychedelics quite often. It wasn't something progressive or groundbreaking for them, it was just a normal part of their life. Researchers included Hoffman and Osman were sitting with Native American groups in Canada and witnessing them using psychedelics for medicinal purposes. They were able to successfully treat addictions such as alcoholism, and that gave researchers the idea of using LSD as a medicinal alternative for people suffering from addictions too. The psychedelic movement is truly thanks to indigenous people that were already using these plants for thousands of years in rituals and ceremonies as some of these groups allowed researchers and other outsiders to learn from them. Eventually, psychedelics made their way into mainstream spaces. It was the elevation of consciousness which caused LSD to become hugely popular in the 60s and shortly after that it was outlawed and made illegal. A little before this, the CIA launched Project MKUltra, which was about finding a way to master mind control. This was during the Cold War, so there were growing fears of possible Soviet brainwashing. The project was led by CIA chemist Sidney Gottlieb, who conducted a lot of illegal experiments. Tripsitter.com explains, quote, Researchers at the time believed they could use psychedelics and extreme torture methods to destroy a person's ego. Once the ego was dissolved, repeated messages, ideas, and mantras could be fed to the subject to build a new ego with a decided purpose. Sidney Gottlieb is often regarded as the father of MKUltra. He was the researcher and chemist in charge of the experiment and is credited with bringing LSD to America. End quote. Only a government could think of using LSD as a means of controlling someone's mind. It's a slightly similar approach to what I covered in last week's episode. Something great is discovered that can benefit millions of people. Then the government takes it and says, yeah, that's all well and good. 
But how can we use this to destroy people? The project went on for an entire 20 years from 1953 to 1973. And during that time, they still didn't know a lot about its long-term effects. They just dosed anyone and everyone they could and would observe the effects. Many of the test subjects didn't even know they were being given LSD and some were already not in the right state of mind as BigThink.com states, quote, In one set of experiments aptly named Operation Midnight Climax, prostitutes on the CIA payroll would lure clients back to a safe house where they would drug them with LSD. The effect the drug had on the unsuspecting victim would be observed behind one-way glass by intelligence agents and recorded. CIA agents also had a habit of drugging one another, both at work and at weekend retreats. To the point where random LSD trips became a workplace hazard to see what the effects of the drug was on unsuspecting subjects, end quote. The years of experimenting were truly a waste though, as they deduced they could not control the mind of a person with LSD, go figure. Since then there has been a long effort by most governments to suppress the research and use of psychedelics. Most people today are aware that this substance can help with treating things such as addiction and depression plus a range of other benefits on top. So it doesn't make sense as to why there is so much red tape around this unless you actively do not want people to reach a higher state of consciousness and improve their reality. You can do a simple search online and find things like a published pdf file from Science Direct all the way back in 2004 titled pharmacology and therapeutics and they say psychedelics are quote considered physiologically safe and do not produce dependence or addiction end quote this was published in 2004 i remember the early 2000s because i was a child in that decade from the little i knew of psychedelics which was from tv it was portrayed as something that made people go crazy as in actually losing their minds i even remember a lot of american media had a running theme of a teenager at a party or on their own jumping out of the window thinking they could fly because they were on acid. They basically insinuated if you took acid, you would feel the need to run and jump out of a window on the 50th floor or do something completely dangerous and harmful. That was the real message and that particular scenario would regularly play out or a character would mention it. I didn't know then that what they were doing was predictive programming and in inverting your way of thinking, they make you fear what is not to be feared at all. This world has always seemed like opposite land, with good being bad and bad being good, causing a lot of misunderstanding and confusion, which is intentional. I may have mentioned in a previous psychedelic episode that the programming worked on me perfectly. I had a baseless fear of psychedelics and was certain that if I ever took any, I would descend into madness, losing my mind. I can say that I'm glad I was open-minded enough to listen to someone close to me who had tried them a few times before. That allowed me to actually have a real conversation with someone about misconceptions I had based on nothing but messages I'd internalised via the media I consumed. I then got more insight on the topic which made me want to go away and do my own research. That's not something I would have ever done before as I had condemned it so there was never any interest there. That research was what formed a change in my mind about how I saw psychedelics as a whole and that allowed me to later have my first trip which I was 1000% comfortable doing and yes I had a great experience. Now we're on the topic of experiences 
About two weeks ago, I took a tab, which I'd planned to do because I knew I didn't have any urgent commitments and could have that time solely to myself. It was my third time, so at this point, I wasn't scared or worried at all because I knew what to expect to some extent. And I only say to some extent, as I feel every trip you have is slightly different. Aside from that, there's things that are always going to happen when you take this drug, such as a slightly sick feeling in your stomach before you start feeling its effects. I always compare it to the feeling you get in your stomach when you're at the highest point of a roller coaster ride and it's about to go down. I don't necessarily feel sick, but it feels like my stomach is jumping up in slow motion, if that makes any sense. The tab dosage I took was about 150 mg, which gives you mild effects, resulting in a nice trip. Though everyone experiences LSD in a different way, some of the effects include seeing light, colour, sound, a feeling of well-being and connection, overall sense of happiness with euphoria, visual hallucinations, things can move around as if they're breathing, seeing patterns and shapes, hallucinating conversations, sounds or other circumstances. These sensations are what is normally described when someone is tripping on LSD and it's called a trip because it causes you to experience things in new and interesting ways. Most people who take LSD experience these sensations. When you're seeing colours moving and paintings come into life through your own eyes, it does make me think, well, what the fuck else can we not see? Like, why do we need to take a psychoactive substance to be able to see this shit? I should be able to see all this on a normal day. Some people do say, well, it's just an effect of the drug, there's no deeper meaning, it just alters the state of your mind, not everything is some big discovery. I am aware of those takes, but I don't think it's the same as snorting some coke on a Saturday night for the vibes. There is no real high you get on LSD that you would with other drugs. So that's where I stand on the topic today. This most recent trip made me look at the world like a set in the Truman Show. There's just things we can't see and I believe that does tie into the fact that there is a lot hidden from the human race about what we are, what we are capable of, and the history of the world, which is one of the reasons I actually started this podcast. The history they teach us in schools is BS, but I'm going off topic now. We can have a history episode sometime in the near future. Although I did say that psychedelics have generally been deemed safe and not addictive, there are things you still have to be aware of before taking something like LSD. The state of mind you are in does play into how the drug will alter your mind and that leads me on to bad trips which i myself have never experienced but if you want to hear a story of a friend of a friend's bad trip check out episode 20 in which i share that it is popular belief that someone is likely to have a bad trip if they take lsd whilst they are in a negative mindset or are prone to negative thoughts about oneself life etc you get the gist. If you're not really happy with life or yourself, the LSD may force you to face that, which leads to a different experience. Psychedelics.com actually mentioned the first ever bad trip. Quote, the first ever bad trip was recorded on April 19th in 1943 by a researcher who took too much to see the effects that Arthur Stoll had described. He documented the events in detail, describing how he thought his neighbour was a bad witch who was out to get him. He also believed that LSD poisoned him and he was insane. A doctor determined that he was physically fine. Once he realised this, his mood changed, lifted, and he started enjoying himself. This experience was later named Bicycle Day. Today, people consider this a mild bad trip. A bad trip is technically a bad experience on LSD. People say that they become too introspective or wind up falling too far into the trip. Some of the things people experience are 
irrational intense fear, nightmarish visions, melting, feelings of hopelessness and despair, fear of losing control, fear of insanity and darkness. These are all experiences that are associated with a bad trip, end quote. So this is why it is best to have a trip buddy and this is something you will constantly hear because it's important to have a trusted friend who can reassure you and elevate your state of mind in that moment as it's easy to slip away deeper into the abyss if you're thinking too negatively. Today, LSD is still classified as a class A drug in the UK. Class A classification means it's harmful and dangerous and it's already been established decades ago that psychedelics are not dangerous, but hey. If you're caught with LSD, you can get up to seven years in prison, an unlimited fine or both. But don't even think about selling LSD because if you're caught doing that, you can get life imprisonment. Life as in you could die in prison if you are caught selling people LSD. Remember I said that this world is opposite land. They really do not want psychedelics to be used by the majority of the population because it would drastically change our society and the way we think and live. I've started going by a particular way of thinking which is if the government is telling me this is dangerous and I have to stay away from it, it's probably good for me or I should look further into it myself. Then on the flip side, if the government is encouraging something and telling me I should welcome this, then it's probably pretty bad and I should stay away from it as much as possible. This has been working amazingly for me since 2020, to be honest. I challenge you guys to try it too and see where it takes you. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. If you're into the strange, morbid or curious, I'll see you in the next episode. Stay safe, stay curious, for real.